0: hello and welcome to sustainability bites the podcast promoted by swatela and partners today we are going to talk about a very important topic mental health and joining me today in the studio my colleague joyce pepe hello joyce welcome
1: hello margot thank you for having me here today
0: Yeah, it's a pleasure. And uh, I'm very excited because actually you work quite a bit on it. Uh, But before we start, can you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, definitely. So
1: uh, in brief, after obtaining a MA in European Studies, I moved to Brussels to do a blue book traineeship at the European Commission. Um, And currently, I'm a junior consultant at Schoteler Partners in Brussels also, where I'm actually both part of the public affairs team as well as of the health team.
0: Yeah, that's uh, the exact combination we're going to look at today. Um, So mental health. In this post-pandemic world, we really started to have more and more of awareness and more and more of a talk around mental health challenges at the EU level, some were lobbying to make 2023 the European Year of Mental Health. Uh, And you were actually quite involved in it. Can you tell us a bit about this?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, So I feel like in one way or another, you know, the the pandemic really had an impact on everyone's mental health. Um, And, you know, between this constant overflow of negative emotion, uncertainty as to the future, and extended periods of isolation, it really has been a lot. Um, uh, Let me start by diving into the numbers just to make it all a little bit more tangible. Did you actually know that the WHO uh, stated that the pandemic led to an increase of 27.6% in cases of major depressive disorders and 25.6% increase in anxiety disorders worldwide?
0: No, I didn't know that. And that really sounds like a lot.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a lot. And actually, that's The reason why experts currently refer to it as the second, or silent, pandemic. Um, But of course, for many people, these feelings have carried on since. Uh, Just the other day, I was reading this very interesting study conducted by a Belgian public institution called Sano. And it actually revealed that currently one in three, that is 29% of Belgians under the age of 30, are currently experiencing depression. Just think about that, because to me, like, it was really shocking. Um, but of course, I mean, the impacts of it do not only limit to health. I uh, think, for example, of socioeconomic impacts such as unemployment, social economic inequality, but also low income and poor physical health. It really goes to show, in my opinion, how poor mental health can have repercussions in so many other areas of our lives. Um, And I think this is kind of part of the reason, going back to your initial question, why already back uh, in November 2020, during a virtual meeting, a number of European MEPs had already advanced this idea of endorsing 2023 as the European Year of Mental Health. Um, and it didn't happen back in November 2020. But in April 2021, again, 40 MEPs endorsed this proposal. Um, and we know that eventually it didn't happen because 2023 has been nominated as the European Year of Skills. Um, I truly feel like this proposal, this you know, first intention in some way, really kind of shook things up. Um, as well as from a legislative perspective.
0: Yeah, talking about shaking things up, like I mean, at Suederin Partners we always say we're the agency for a, a healthy world, and that really means like as you mentioned before, like a holistic approach to health. Mm-hmm. That's healthy lifestyle, like we talked with Bea, that mm-hmm. can be food and that can be mental health. Um, And we really took a chance here to really support this uh, initiative of making 2023 the European Year of Mental Health. So I know you are involved in it. Can you tell Mm -hmm. us exactly what we did, what you did to help promote uh, 2023 as the Year of Mental Health?
1: Yes, of course. I mean, like you mentioned, we are also specialized in health. Uh, So as the topic of mental health gained the momentum in brussels i think in our team as well we started to talk more about it uh, both from a personal but also professional perspective and really to to inform ourselves on the topic and that's how we ended up thinking about co-organizing an event to to really make a first step in raising awareness about mental health together with the young professionals network which is an umbrella organization non-profit organization that Uh, we yeah we co-organize events with Um, so that's kind of how we started learning more about the work done about mental health at EU level and really how we got in touch with MEP Maria Walsh Uh, you know her um, but she for the uh, listeners MEP Maria Walsh she's both co-chair of the Mental Health Alliance She's co-chair of the Coalition of Mental Health and Wellbeing Interest Groups in the European Parliament, as well as leader of the call for 2023 to be the EU Year of Good Mental Health. Um, and ideally, in practice, what happened is that we just went to her. We pitched our idea for this event to her and she, she agreed to be the host of our event, which actually took place on June 14th in Brussels. Um, and, you know, looking back, I think it was a very insightful event. We managed to really bring together speakers with very different backgrounds from head of departments in the pharmaceutical sector to leaders of projects talking about or yeah, trying to tackle mental health through AI, um, but also, you know, volunteers of Euro Youth Mental Health. So we really, you know, brought together different perspectives and at the same time we managed to create a safe space really where multiple people opened up about their own struggles and diagnosis and I think from a professional as well as a personal perspective I I really learned a lot and I hope that everyone kind of felt more compelled to to talk about mental health more freely and without the stigma that it usually comes with. Um, Yeah, in answer to your question.
0: Yeah, thank you for this. Uh, Indeed, I think, like as you mentioned, like it's not only about awareness, but it's really about having this safe space and, like, by talking about it more and more, to make it more and more acceptable as a normal topic because Mm -hmm. it's quite normal. Yeah, exactly. So I think this is well achieved. Um, From a purely political point of view, though, uh, so you had your event in June, Mm -hmm. but then in September, we have the State of Union address by uh, President von der Leyen, Mm -hmm. and big disappointment, big deception in terms of like, okay, this is not Mm -hmm. the European Year of Mental Health, but European Year of Skill, as you just said. Yeah. what would you say what does the future look like because uh we we saw like the maps it started a couple of years ago and we had a big push Mm. and what's going to happen now that uh this in big quotes failed somehow
1: uh yeah indeed i mean As you mentioned and as you know, initially it was a bit of a bummer for all of us because we were really somehow convinced that 2023 would be endorsed as this European Year of Good Mental Health, especially, you know, given the amazing communication campaign that MAP Maria Walsh launched on her social media. However, you know, I don't think it was for nothing because shortly after uh, President von der Leyen had her State of the Union speech in which she declared that 2023 would indeed be endorsed as the Year of Skills, I feel like things started to pick up in pace um, because, you know, in October, Commissioner for Health and Food Safety, Stella Kiriakides, she actually declared that her team was preparing a comprehensive approach to mental health. And by now, and we're recording this episode on February 27th, I feel like we know a lot more about this new mental health strategy and really in general terms of what we can expect to see in the coming years Um, and in the first place i would say there seems to be a good intention to adopt a more holistic a more comprehensive approach towards the prevention and treatment of mental health and i stress prevention Um, and this would really mean that all actors in society will be involved in one way or another and I think that that is very much needed. Um, but of course, what this intention might look like in practice is not really clear yet. Uh, because discussions on, on this mental health strategy will really only start in July this year. But I hope that it will really listen and speak to the needs of the people. Um, and to me, the fact that the European Commission just closed its call for evidence on this specific topic five days ago, I think... Is really a good signal that we're quickly, you know, laying steps towards a future where all this stigma that I mentioned earlier around mental health is no longer present. And I really think that that gives me hope, both from a personal, but also from a professional yeah, point of
0: view. So from a professional perspective, for, for now, we just talked about the... Just talked. Uh, we talked a lot about the political aspect, but of course, we're also working a lot with private clients Um, And in your own capacity as a junior consultant in uh, the health team and the public affairs team, would you say that our clients have a renewed interest in the topic? What would be the main question or the main points of motivation for them regarding mental health?
1: Um, Yeah, I feel like because it's a topic that is just picking up, we haven't really received any outright questions or requests about having a mental health strategy or anything in that direction. Uh, But of course, we work with clients who are trying to promote healthy lifestyles, you know, in their own different ways. Uh, And that comes in a whole variety of of forms and shapes. So think, for example, exercising, think of eating healthy, you know, um, there's very different types of approaches that we can take here. And I think somehow it is our work now to really ensure that these strategies that we're working on also account for mental health and that's again going back to this more holistic approach because after all I feel you know it's very hard to be in good shape or to really care about being healthy or eating healthy when you're dealing with depression or anxiety and even the simple fact of you know getting out of bed in the morning really feels like a big you know challenge ahead of you you know, over the past few years, and we worked on this internally too, there really has been so much action to become more inclusive, to pay more attention to DI, to attract more diverse talent. And I feel like the younger generation, let's say Gen Z, is now actually going one step beyond this, so one step further, and really demanding change in the workplace, so that mental health is actually prioritized too. So I think, finally, in response to your question that in the future, we will be seeing much more action to make this feasible. Um, or at least that's what I hope.
0: Yes, indeed. And it's really good to hear because we are getting prepared that Switzerland partners, we really think that this is valuable and that's an important topic. So if we're not to receive yet a lot of question or instigation from our clients uh, can you maybe tell them or to tell potential clients or potential partners what we could offer and how we could assist them in this uh, process
1: yeah definitely um i think that together as a team we actually identified some valuable solutions that we would like to see implemented eventually so we talked about for example the importance of having a eu-wide communication strategy about mental health But also, um, yeah, to really ensure that these awareness-raising efforts really reach everyone. Um, But we also talked about redirecting our current understanding of well-being to also include mental health besides physical health. So again, going back to these um, projects or mentions of them that I presented earlier. So when we talk about getting up early to exercise, so really... How do you make this type of exercise or healthy diets really approachable for everyone, even the people struggling with their mental health? Um, But there's much more, of course, um, both from a practical as well as from a legislative perspective. Um, And I think at this stage, you know, a lot can be said, but I would say that awareness raising should really be our main focus. Um, And in practice, this can be done either through communication campaigns as I mentioned, or by launching events like the one we've organized in June last year, but also by setting up partnerships or contributing to these calls for evidence that the European Commission launches, as well as coming up with internal strategies, you know, from an HR perspective, what is my company going to do about ensuring that its employees are, you know, aware of good mental health practices and also where they can ask for help should they need some. Um, But of course, there's many, many directions that one can move towards. Um, And I believe that thanks to this broad range of expertise that actually characterizes our team here at Svetilat Partners, we can really help clients start making the first steps. Um, And I'm really excited to see how mental health will be picked up in the future.
0: Yeah, I'm excited too. Thank you so much for joining us today, uh, Joyce. And listeners, if you have any question regarding mental health or you want to learn more about the mental health strategy at the EU level, please feel free to contact uh, Joyce through our website. Thanks again for today and talk to you soon.